Pack Your Mics is back. And the easiest way to support us is by going to packyourmics.com slash Amazon. Anytime you're shopping on Amazon this holiday season, just go to packyourmics.com slash Amazon. It redirects you to the monolith itself. But a portion of anything you buy is donated back to Pack Your Mics. It's super easy. doesn't cost you anything. Packyourmics.com slash Amazon whenever you buy anything. And we really appreciate your support. And now on to the show. Welcome back to Pack Your Mics. We are the Top Chef Podcast from the creators of Read It and Weep. And the gang is partially here again. Uh, I'm Alex. I'm here in Portland with Megan. Hello. Uh, and we're joined uh, in Los Angeles by New Sarah and Kyle. Hi. Hey. Welcome back, guys. And uh, we're joined for the first time this season by freshly marathoned and accomplished runner with probably still some, some marmalade legs, uh, Ezra. <laughs> And the very relaxed Sarah. Hi. I thought you were going to call me old Sarah since uh, she was new Sarah. Legacy Sarah. <laughs> uh, Sarah Classic. Right. Sarah 1.0. I was going to say, that's yeah. appropriate. It's fine. <laughs> Ez, how are your legs? Uh, my legs are good. Uh, it hurts in my feet. And you use those a lot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a normal part of every day. Um, well, we're glad to have you back. You you started to say before, and I cut you off because I wanted to hear it on the air. But you are uh, we were right in our predictions that you were when we were talking last week. You were all jelly legs, yes. and so yeah. So you you were recording at at ten a.m. your time, which is eight a.m. my time, which means I've been running. Oh, for we three never miles. were right about uh, that. Three, we took yeah, six yeah. tries at what time it could be in Hawaii. Yeah, no. So know. yeah, so I've been running for three hours already, and I had almost another three hours to go. Oh, <laughs> so. <laughs> Wow. It, it was it was my my target time was like well blasted through um by like a decent hour or so so i was just like after at that point you're like not disappointing yourself anymore you're just kind of like more like surprised like i wonder how long this can go for <laughs> uh you had, so you had a target time your target wasn't like just survive no no i wanted That's to ambitious. survive in a certain amount of time as well like i was wow. hoping like yeah like first i was like 4 30 like and then it was like well it's gonna be a little more human then it was like five and i was like i came in at like 5 45 uh and uh i to, to to sort of benchmark that a little bit for you guys um there was someone who who uh basically was dressed up in like traditional japanese like wooden shoes like you might have seen on the cartoon samurai jack who he was no longer winded when he when I passed him in the finishing area. So like he had like finished well before me. <laughs> oh, that's gotta feel great. Uh, uh, you know, I, again, it's like you're not you're not ashamed or anything. You just it's just it's just you're surprised at the world and how it's very different than what you expected. I have a friend um, who, who ran a, a 10k for the first time, and when she got there, they were packing up the stanchions. Uh, wow. Surely no one else will finish. Yeah, they were like <laughs> wrapping up the finish line. They were like they thought everybody was gone. <laughs> And it was the second second most humiliating part of the run. The first one was where there's this woman who had been walking. She looked back and saw my friend approaching and then took off like, oh, I have to at least beat this person. <laughs> oh. This was a rude race. Yeah. <laughs> um, a lot of shade in this race. Well, let me get it. So let's get in our, our we have, a, we have a, a very special guest today. Our bonus guest uh, it, joining us for the first time in season 16. And I, I booked you last week before I watched the episode. And I'm very happy to have you here. Um, and I'm sorry it's such a sullen moment. But please welcome to the back to the show, Chef Jim. 
Hey, it is a pleasure to be back, and I'm really glad to be on this episode because there's lots of Southern food to talk about, and I'm a good person to ask questions about uh, Tremula, Zatar, Harissa, Cuisan, uh, and all of those various uh, things that were happening in this episode. Bula? Burgoo. Burgoo, that's what it was. How about Burgoo? Yeah, is a good one. A classic Kentucky dish there. Man, uh, are you so? How are you feeling though, Jim? Just how are you feeling this week, buddy? Uh, you know, it is painful to be eliminated, and it hurts. Um, I, you know, I was more disappointed in my performance in the in the in the first Last Chance Kitchen episode um, than I was in the second one. In the second episode. Uh, where I get eliminated. Mm-hmm. My dish was absolutely really good, and it was something that I was proud to make, and yeah. uh, a dish that I really loved. Um, and so it may hurt a little bit less being sent home on a dish that's awesome, or or, or maybe maybe a little more. Yeah. I'm not really sure, but we've speculated about that on the show before, but we've never been able to know. So, like, because a lot of the time it seems like the judges say, "Well, at least you should feel good. You were eliminated on a great dish." And I don't know if that's better or worse. So, have you figured that out yet? I, you know, I actually think it's probably a little bit better. Like, uh, I, I caught a lot of flack for my cod gravy online. You all actually seem to think that it wasn't a terrible idea. No, I, um, I think hey, it was the idea. If, if I can have a second to defend myself on that. Um, <laughs> please, please. Please do. I, uh, I was taking inspiration from two classical fish dishes, <laughs> one of which is uh, boride, which is an amazing French soup that's always served with toasted baguette, and it usually has little flakes of white fish in it, like cod. It's thickened with aioli, um, and that was one one of my inspirations. The other inspiration was a dish that I make regularly, which is uh, oyster stew that's served with biscuits on top of it, and it's a white oyster stew, so much like white clam chowder, mm, but yeah. with biscuits on top of it. And for me, these two dishes were the inspiration for what I was doing. Yeah. Now, that being said, when the ovens went off and I realized that my biscuits weren't done i did not have a chance to finish the soup and so um, it was just truth truth be told of the more than 20 some odd dishes i've served on two top chef judges this one was by far the worst and i was lucky not to be sent home like even though the fried biscuits were awesome the right. soup was not and i apologized to tom afterwards and you know like uh it was just not it was it was not my best performance by can, far although I-, I think that conceptually the dish was good can i ask you about your yeah. relationship with tom because i feel like this season on last chance kitchen tom just he's he gives you this look a bunch of times and i wonder if like and like when you came in on the second episode i i believe he addressed you as jim 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 uh <laughs> is does does tom pick on you a wee bit I, no i don't think so i i really like tom and he's i respect him so much he's one of the best chefs in america and has yeah. been for a long time and uh, I mean, I, I would love to consider him a mentor, although he's he's really not so much a mentor as much as a judge. But I take everything that he says to heart. And mm-hmm. it feels bad when you disappointed him. It felt bad when I served him that soup, like I said, in, in the first round. Um, yeah, right, apologizing yeah, you know, to him afterwards is such a, an intense moment. I, I will tell you something funny, too. I don't know if y'all watched these snippets about the, the Top Chef dog on the uh, the Top Chef social media. I have uh, one of the producers. One of the producers has a dog, and it keeps sh- clipping. It keeps showing clips of Tom saying things like, "You better cook better the next round, or you're going home." And that that is all directed towards me. That didn't make the edit of, oh. of the Last Chance Kitchen, but I was watching these, these clips about the dog and everything. He talked about how bad the dish was was all about my first oh. round soup. Uh, oh, you were in <laughs> a you were in an Instagram dog video. 
<laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so hard. it wasn't you didn't you didn't discover that till you watched the clips, or were you there oh, at the moment? No. Well, in the clips, they don't disclose that he's talking about me, which was right. actually so very you nice knew, but part. we didn't know. I see. yes, I, I knew, but the audience did not. Oh, oh man. Well, I'm glad to have you here to talk about the Southern food in the rest of this episode as a as a an expert on the cuisine as well as on being on Top Chef. And we have some delightful controversy to get into here. We'll come back a little bit to Last Chance Kitchen at the end, as we always do. Um, We're talking today about episode uh, two of season 16, the Kentucky season. Today's episode is called Bourbon Barrels and Burgoo. Um, Oh, and when I was listing our guests, we may at some point also be joined by Bravo PR, making sure you don't say anything wrong. So that'll be a fun addition if that happens. Uh, But let's jump into the food now. Let's jump into our quick fire challenge today uh gail simmons as you guys all know is the most pregnant at time of recording and so she couldn't be here but she skypes in to tell our chefs that uh she has the very specific pregnancy cravings of meat carbohydrate spice asian food middle eastern food and anything else besides soft cheeses (laughs) really boxing the chefs in yeah she (laughs) this this was almost like a cook your signature dish it was a very broad (laughs) challenge uh but uh the, there was a one weird, really weird component this week, which is that because Gail is on Skype in New York, but they still want her to be the final judge after uh, her friend and former Food and Wine editor, uh, Nilo Matamid, uh, like judges the top two. She is then going to act as courier, taking the mise en place from the top two dishes in absurdly large boxes on an airplane to New York, where she and Gail will cook and recreate them, and then Gail can make the final decision. I was delighted by this. <laughs> I like, I, well, I, I, cause obviously they both like know what they're doing in the kitchen, but yeah. I was watching it thinking of me trying to do this. If I just got like a box, a box of fancy stuff yeah. and like instructions from like haircut explaining how to like put it together. And I, I loved it. I couldn't believe, well, I think there was one point when they said we didn't think we could put this together and we actually did a really good job and I liked that so much. Yeah, that was so charming. I mean, this it, is like, this is like the next level like merger between like Uber Eats and, and Blue Apron, right? Where it's just like, <laughs> you, you can order any dish from any restaurant and someone will bring it over to you in ingredient form and make it for you. I think but the not thing well. that I'm always missing in those services is uh, the idea of a former food and wine editor showing up and helping me cook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be part of my meal kit. I mean, I would want current, but yeah, former's good too. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Very choosy. Megan, was there something in the mailbag about this? Yeah. That I, thought, I thought it was relevant here. Yeah. At Alchemy Girl um, writes that I think Top Chef meal kit shipped to your door should be a thing and and would sign up. Yeah. So. They had the we branded boxes. like a, a soft launch. Yeah, that's what it was. I've, I've seen some other speculation online that maybe they were planning on launching a meal kit service. I don't know. That seems like a lot. Yeah, but like, why would it makes sense that they do that? Because why wouldn't they turn this into a branding opportunity? Yeah, yeah. On the I, episode, I mean, I assume there's no way that that was actually their mise in those cardboard boxes that were way too big for Nilo, right? Like they just. I, why didn't anyone help her? Yeah, was so, <laughs> those boxes were so big. <laughs> it was one of the two funniest moments of this episode. Is her carrying two just way too big for her boxes alone out the door that presumably don't actually have food in them because that would be a weird way to transport it. While twenty people just stand there and watch. <laughs> yeah, just, <laughs> people gonna help? No, oh, just me. All right, okay, but bye, bye, guys. Uh, <laughs> Um, I, I I think it's super fun. The thing that I thought that was brilliant, though, was that this is a, a challenge where immunity is on the table, which is not brilliant. That is lame. But uh, they awarded it also in a very new way is that they didn't tell the chef 
who won until after the elim- all the cooking from the elimination challenge was over. So they couldn't make decisions based on safety. I loved that, too. Yeah. I thought that was really great. So great. Jim, Jim, I would like your... more surprise, just like surprise things at the end of it, where it's like, it's like, okay, so it's a quick fire elimination, but we won't know until tomorrow if all of everything you're doing yesterday was, was, was helpful or oh, not. Oh, man, a, a like high stakes quick fire, an elimin- yeah. or what was it, sudden death quick fire, where you don't find out until after you've already participated in a later team challenge. That's it's a delayed sudden death, yeah. And then you don't get to present your elimination challenge dish because oh. you're gone. Like, oh, this is really tasty. Sadly, you've been eliminated. Um, yeah. Jim, did you? I thought that was a really yeah. Go for I it. thought it was a really cool way to do it. Um, and especially, you know, I think if you know that you have immunity going into the challenge, you you may approach it in a different way. Like yeah. I know, for instance, this this will also have another impact on the episode too. Like when we had a big group challenge where we had a set number of money in Charleston to go to the Whole Foods, mm-hmm. uh, and I knew that I had immunity, I only took twenty dollars worth of ingredients like through the line, and so I knew oh, that yeah. I was going to make a dish really cheap. Uh, that was going to be good, but I was going to give that money to my other teammates so that they didn't have to worry about how much it was going to cost. I mean, it, we still had serious issues at Whole Foods, but you know, there is strategy. If you know you have immunity, you can approach it a different way. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's like you wish you, that almost makes me wish they knew they had it ahead of time. So they had the opportunity to like, I don't donate it or whatever you were doing with it. Yeah. Yeah. Pay it forward. So this way we actually made them like cook for their lives but i i think more often than that thing you described people just say like oh i'll just uh i got i got immunity so i'm gonna make a dessert or something where they make a real weird choice and get themselves in trouble yeah or sometimes if you know you have immunity you do something really crazy and out there which That's you might have been like. a little bit more cautious about yeah you know? so I, it, it cuts both ways. I mean, yeah. it all depends on how you approach it. I, I mean, you, you uh, having listened to our show, are aware that in general, I f- feel like we are strongly anti-immunity. That in general, I just don't see, I've not seen a moment where I thought immunity really, or I can't remember, I'm sure there are some, but I can't remember a moment where immunity really made the show seem better. It always, it either doesn't matter or it's saving somebody who did terribly that it feels like we should actually send them home. Sometimes that person goes on to win the season despite everybody's predictions. <laughs> But also yeah, sometimes I, it's a really talented person that you really like who has a bad moment and you're thankful. Yeah, that's what I, I guess uh, there must be something of that. Jim, what were you going to say? Oh, no, I just think that I sometimes as a contestant, you know, that it was really awesome to have immunity just to feel safe. <laughs> uh, I, I will say like it was like a, a small vacation in the middle of the chaos. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair because you are so stressed out all the time, I assume. Yeah, it makes yes. sense because like there's there's the two like trains of thought where if your back's against the wall, you're going to make amazing things because you absolutely have to. But also if you don't have that stress, you're going to have the flexibility to like take a big swing. Yeah. yeah. I love that idea. That does. I, I don't think that happens often enough where it's like no. this dish failed spectacularly because you had immunity and you were like, I'm going all out. I think it's, it seems more often that it's like, I'm going to, there's a lot of like, I'll help the team a little bit, I guess. I do say there's, there's a lot of that. I still hate it. I'd be fine if it was gone forever. Um, well, okay. You want, this, one, this one little bit of, of refuge that I get, you were like, no, let's get rid of that no, one. No, no, no. I like that. that. That's, that's actually the most persuasive safe. thing is the idea of letting them de-stress for a second. But they don't, we don't see that play out so much uh, on the show. We just focus on the other stressed out people because that's part of the fun of the recording i think Yeah, alex we get it you wish they were always in that billion degree kentucky kitchen <laughs> trying to stretch i do lemon between hot. 500 really people me. it should always be too hot 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, crank up the heat. A couple other uh, notable things from the quick fire. So uh, David, for his spicy steak, was on the top, as was Brandon with his uh, Korean barbecue bulgogi bowl. Um, and uh, Brandon did well, despite saying that he thinks being pregnant is a lot like working late. Okay, they, that was some that was some interesting <laughs> highlighting of quotes from that whole quick fire. I have to say, I feel like uh, the men did not come out looking the best. No, in that there was cut just, with what they were throwing it was, around. It was a rapid fire, creepy round of uh, David saying he's got a crush on Gail, which like, and then but specifically said- saying not in a creepy way, which never helps. Um, yeah, Pablo bragging about never getting anybody pregnant. That's who it was. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And, and then a Brandon saying that being pregnant is like working late. Um, oh, and she, Eddie called it being pregnant a situation. Oh, no, yeah, like called the situation. situation. <laughs> that, <laughs> situation. <laughs> I forgot about that. So have oh. they never, I, I guess, okay, I guess here's my question for expert then, uh, my expert question, Jim. Do you, when they're doing the interviews, do, how much do you think about how you're coming across and how much are you focused on cooking and so things just tumble out of your mouth? I, it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's a little bit of both. I mean, for the most part, I, I don't know. It's a little bit of both. For me, I think that a lot of times people just get in there and they, they don't think about what they say and they may come off as, as the wrong way. But, I mean, for me, I always every time I went into interview, I always learned like, uh, this is a reality show and I am the author of my own story. So yes. I'm not going to let a producer goad me into talking, you know, to, to talking bad about somebody. And yes. so I think that a lot of times – Chefs just aren't thinking about it, and they're having fun in there. And but I mean, for me, I was always thinking about what I was going to say. You know? I know they probably have. I'm sure they have like story editors that are watching and pro- like that are producing and trying to get, trying to focus on different stories and develop stories. I love you saying that this that you are the author of the story because if you don't give them a quote where you say something bad about somebody, they can't put together a series of quotes of you saying bad things about people. Yes. I will say that you, you you don't want to be at odds with the producers e- either. So if they're trying to mm. lead you into a certain story, sometimes it's best to lean into it because you don't want to be on their bad side. Oh, but at man. the same time, you know, you can still you can still edit that if you if the, if you pick up that, that that's what they want your story to be. Yeah. What would happen if you got on their bad side? Well, you, <laughs> the I doors mean, don't you know, open you, the way you expect. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, well, you know, you 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 could. It is possible that you could be painted as as a villain, or you know, you could just get a purple edit altogether, where they just pretend like you're not in the season. Yeah, like you Michelle. Know, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Who's Michelle? Yeah. We haven't. Do we know Michelle? I saw her gardening. That's the only thing I've seen of her this whole season. So and her far. her grandmother was a shaman for a cartel. Okay, that's. <laughs> I have so many questions. We know she said for the most violent tribe. And then Kyle and I paused the episode and looked at each other and said, what do we think tribe means in this context? Yeah. I and it was so interesting. All of so our curious. ideas. And probably you, all you wrong. You could say that and not be the focus of the rest of the episode asking follow-up questions. Wild. <laughs> so wild. Wild. That, that lamb truly sucked all the air out of the room because I want to know more about these violent tribes. You really did. All right, excellent. Let's, let's get moving to the, because we want to get to the lamb. Uh, so Lambgate is going to suck the air out of this show as well. It's the, it's the elimination challenge. The chefs are uh, first toured and then completely uh, snookered on bourbon and red wax at the Maker's Mark distillery. They are then served 
a giant feast, Last Supper style, with 27 chefs sitting on the same side of a table, uh, having very <laughs> strange conversations. Shot. Wait, yeah, who got the Jesus seat? Oh, that's oh, I think question. it was Sarah. I think it was Sarah. Let's uh, find a picture. Uh, it could be. It was who's Kentucky chef? Is Sarah. That Sarah. 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 Sarah and uh, and I believe Eddie are splitting the Jesus. Oh my gosh, seat. I was right. Yep. <laughs> maybe Pablo. Yeah, Pablo, Eddie, Sarah. Yeah. Man, what an awkward conversation that has to be, sitting at a table that long. <laughs> and then Adrian and Eric at the head and foot of the table, like, yelling across to each other. They're just, like, throwing paper airplanes with notes if they want to talk. Oh. <laughs> oh, you can set up, like, a tin can situation if you want to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, And they are eating this this southern feast uh, with dishes like uh, burgoo that is apparently meat with meat uh, and then also meat and some other meat. And then there's catfish, frog legs, spoon bread, hoe cakes, which apparently are named for being cooked on a hoe. That was what we learned. Hey, I, I, can I say something about hoe cakes? Yes, and, you know, yes. Top Chef usually, usually does a great job of not whitewashing history. And I'm not sure if this was the people in Kentucky not really being truly accurate about what hoe cakes are. Like, I love hoe cakes, and I do cook them. They are really a, a cool little side dish. But mm-hmm. hoe cakes were... You know, they say that you, they're cooked on the back of the of hose, and that is absolutely true because the reason why they were cooked on the back of hose is that slaves would carry cornmeal into the into the fields, and they wouldn't really have any other co- cooking equipment. And so, when they wanted a snack, they would use the back of the hoe to fry these little corn cakes. Yeah, it's and weird so, that they didn't use their new fun fact about cooking uh, technology on season sixteen to get yeah, the uh, pop up video little, of. Yeah. <laughs> They have been doing these like little explainer text on screen that I think is so fun, and I but I I I, yeah, I guess I guess I can see why they didn't add that detail in that moment. But yeah. oh, no, I mean they, they really should have, and also like uh, they did a very good job gliding past it for me because I was like they're like they cooked on the back of a hoe. I was like that makes sense. I don't see why anyone. <laughs> yeah, I was like oh, finally an explanation for this name. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, thank you, Tim, for 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 kind of illuminating that part yeah. of it because uh, yeah, that that's absolutely. That is very, very relevant context for this food. Yeah. It, it is. Oh, man. Uh, we would have thought about that more, but Sarah got very distracted by the concept of transparent pie. I screamed transparent pie, yeah. and then I Googled it for like 10 minutes to figure it out. And I think it's it's sounds amazing, and I want to make it, is it but I'd never ice? heard of that before. No. Well, I, <laughs> Chef Jim, I'm sure you can explain transparent yeah, pie transparent better than pie? I can after 10 minutes of Googling. Transparent pie is kind of like is it's a custard. It's not super transparent. A lot of times, oh. it's also can be called like a buttermilk pie or a, a buttermilk pie is usually what I call it. It's a little bit different than a standard buttermilk pie, but it's not really transparent. I will tell you that if you look up Alinea's version of transparent pie, you will find something very cool, which is a pie that is actually transparent. Oh, um, Alinea, but it's it, it's just a classic Southern pie. It's really not. Oh, it's a, it's wait, a good is this thing. like a chess pie? It's like a chess pie, very much like okay, a chess pie. Okay, I made a chess pie. Wow. Oh. Mm, Man, do you guys feel how different the show is when uh, someone who cooks is on? <laughs> it's quite different. <laughs> We're talking a lot less about what people are wearing. Yeah, sure. We had less comments chefs, about people's so. like knees and sweatshirts and more about... Well, everyone food. wore pants this week. Yeah, that did help. Yeah, no one was wearing their little shorty shorts in the kitchen. I did go back to pull up that photo, and in, in his defense, he's actually wearing almost knee-length shorts, but they are skin Yeah, tone. they're just long aprons. <laughs> oh. He's wearing skin color shorts. Should we all do that now? <laughs> it's, it's very surprising. 
Flesh, flesh tone pants are really never a, a, a good option. Yeah, why? yeah, how did that slip by? Um, so the challenge is for two teams uh, and uh, to, to cook uh, the same feast to basically replicate it. Shockingly, that feast turned into a challenge. Um, and uh, crucially... Oh, can yes, I add something else really quick? Mm-hmm. Is I think Brian was really paying attention here and doing something really good is that whenever Top Chef says, here's a bunch of liquor in the middle of the day and we're going to have an awesome <laughs> meal, you should, you should take that opportunity to realize that as soon as you start drinking, Padma is going to show up. So, it's not because they know, like you and want you to be happy? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was very good uh, classic Top Chef. We also had a classic Top Chef uh, uh, moment of, uh, oh, who was it? Uh, had to get two different lids on things he'd never used before. Brian again. Oh. Brian, Brian the pressure cooker. And he screams, I can't cooker. do the pressure cooker. <laughs> and then the um, food processor. Yeah. He had a, a, a stressful lid yes. putting on yeah. afternoon. I would say he there were a half hour on that. The set. A story was <laughs> Lambgate, and the B story of this episode was Brian putting on lids. They really did breeze past that half an hour thing. Yeah, half an hour of lids out of a, whatever, <laughs> a couple hour cook. Oh man! Um, also, oh man, when we're talking about sorry, really quick, when you mentioned uh, Sarah, the, that fun fact we didn't get to learn more about we uh, with Michelle, we also do not learn more about how Padma says she grew up in a carnival. Yeah, what? Oh, I've uh, read no. her memoir and I don't remember that. There was are there no, comedy no. days? Those are jokes, right? Well, but they did it twice. I think it had and to she be jokes to where they it. cut out the context. Yeah, I think. I assume what it was was like behind the scenes, Tom and Padma have this shorthand where he calls her a carny all the time, and this is the first time it's gotten on camera. Oh, interesting. That's how I read it as, or it could have just been in the moment, but like I like to envision like a deeper world where like Tom calls Padma Carney and Padma calls Tom like I don't know, Jersey Boy. That's food not, Bruce. Not as strong, but I see it. <laughs> food food Bruce. I, <laughs> Food Bruce. Happy Bruce Springsteen Day, by the way. Yeah. We were remiss in not saying it earlier. I like Food Bruce. Oh man. Um, so anyway, so the the crucially though on this particular challenge, uh, the budget is fifteen hundred dollars at Whole Foods, and I know you're probably thinking, but that doesn't buy much at Whole Foods. Turns out you're right. Uh, why, why didn't they? Why didn't they allow them to go to the Whole Foods three sixty five at least? Yeah, right. Yeah, get yeah, the right? get the three six five organic brand. Oh, it's and, great. And yeah, what if they're Prime members? Because then you get an extra discount. Yeah, ten percent well, off blue labels. Only if it's blue labels, which this, it's usually not. It's yeah, just a, I don't know. It saved us a lot. Okay, but on, on my yeah, yeah If you have a Prime card, though, you get five percent back no matter what. So Jesus, I trust Ezra on all cards. <laughs> He's, you're well, right the about, thing about this. The budget was like it's considerably higher than it usually is yes. for team challenges of this size, though, to the point where they had someone I can't remember who say it was Eric. Oh, they were like, "Oh, we might not even use that much." In like some truly grim foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, there was no money, extra money in the budget this time for a jaunty hat, uh, because uh, one of the teams, well, one of the teams did fine, and the other team, Eddie Money, spent five hundred dollars on lamb. Spent a full third of the budget on lamb to make, as far as I can tell, the world's smallest bites of food. <laughs> uh, did you guys laugh when he showed up with after all of this lamb gate? He shows up with his dish, and it looked like dollhouse food. Did I was confused about what? So I don't eat meat, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I was confused about how those racks of lamb became those tiny plates of food, Jim? and why he needed that many racks of lamb. 
Yeah, I think that he probably was like getting whole racks of lamb and was like, oh, I need 42 portions of lamb. And so he got 42 bones. But the first thing he did when he was butchering the lamb was he cut the bones off to get like these little, it's almost like the size of a, like a, like a pork, pork loin, like a pork tenderloin. Um, And so he could have gotten much less and cut down the portion size. About the size of a nickel, I would say. (laughs) Yeah, they were, they were very small portions. I will (laughs) tell you one thing, one one thing about the Whole Foods, there are not very many rules in Whole Foods besides like be nice to other guests who are shopping. Oh man, I always wondered about that because they always almost knock Um, over an old lady when they run into Whole Foods. Don't don't wear flesh colored shorts to scare people. (laughs) It's really easy to do, but the biggest rule is once it's wrong, it can't be unwrong. So, oh, like you were like, you. you you could be like, oh, why doesn't he just like give back some of the lamb? But once yes. it's gone through the scanner, you can't take it off. This and, was um, we had a long talk about whether they could unbaboop something, and they cannot. Okay, but once usually at gone, the meat counter, they'll unwrong. weigh something for you, and we'll tell yeah, you. Yeah, why price. didn't you get a sticker that said uh, all of the money on his lamb? Yeah, he must have known. <laughs> he could have his seen it. Or, he he knew it, it showed him in the store saying this is going to be expensive and I, oh, I think yeah, it may yeah. have been it may have been Eric was, who said no no it's fine it, you know no, it was a, it was a Brosif. it was a it was a it was Silicon Valley's Brandon who said oh, no it's yeah. fine bro don't worry about it uh, which I don't feel like got enough play in the part of the villain edit here of him uh, just totally not caring at all and making things worse um, I don't know if he's getting a villain edit or an android edit because I can't get a read on it. <laughs> I'm not yeah. trying to be, I'm being very mean, but I'm not trying to be. This is my genuine confusion about him. Well, it's kind of like a spot the lie situation where like he's saying all these things where I'm like, God, what a jerk thing to say. And then he's kind of right. Yeah, that's what we had last week with him, especially with the pasta. Um, his, I, his jab his jab about Southern food this episode wasn't really very accurate or good. You know, he said no. that, uh, that he doesn't really do simple food. Oh, and, oh, wait, please, oh, let's, oh. let's give that its proper due. What he said was... My food is not simple. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, <laughs> that's, first of all, simple food is good. It doesn't matter what kind of cuisine you're talking about. And then to characterize all Southern food as simple is just wrong. But also, I, I will say. It seems like a 20 year old opinion. Like right, Southern food is, seems to be uh, everywhere else in the country, the, the tip of the culinary spear. Like everybody is cooking elevated southern food now it seems like that's the thing that's blowing up and to have the opinion that it's just like boring and simple seems like you've never eaten out yeah i i i don't want to be i don't want to be too harsh on him in all in all seriousness i think he's probably a nice guy and it's hard to know Mm -hmm. if he's playing up the villain because that's what they want him to do he's like oh yeah i can be funny and this is gonna be cool because on social media he seems like kind of like a nice guy okay so let's talk more. I want to talk more about Whole Foods because we it's it's interesting that the budget for the the meal at Whole Foods and the Whole Foods thing itself for 15 seasons, I would say, is almost always a non thing. It's fun to watch them run around. There's some some goofs. It's uh, there's frequently somebody says like, oh, don't worry, I've got plenty of chard and there's no chard. But it's not like the money is rarely this big of an issue. So is it normally easy to get under budget and this one was just insane or is it always a fight to the finish and they just don't give us a ton of, cause it's not great TV. I, I think that the culinary producers do a good job of estimating how much money that you'll need and they make it be pretty close. Now there are plenty of times where if you're going to make a baked dessert, you know, obviously you may not spend $200 on right. flour and lemons, but you know, if you're making a protein, they do a good job, and it's usually pretty close to what you need to fit the parameters of the challenge. So, so this time, 
I, okay, why is lamb so expensive? Like, why, what happened? Like, what happened to Eddie here? Well, well it's like you're paying sat- for the bone. Yeah, you're paying for the bone. I mean, that's factored into it, but it's it's also a more desirable cut. Like he wanted to do lamb saddle, which would be a much less expensive cut of meat. Okay. But when they didn't have the saddle, he chose the most expensive piece of lamb. Uh, this is how top. Right. This is how uh, Whole Foods always gets me. Look. I was just so interested in the thought process because obviously they had to kind of jump to the the conclusion of it, though. But I just feel like. That was so interesting to me that there wasn't another like way to pivot at all, it seems like. I mean, it seems like at that point, if you spend $500, it's like everybody's dish now has to include lamb. Like, we just spent, yeah, we just spent the whole thing on too. lamb. It's just lamb day. Because he thought that maybe like Pablo is going to be able to like use the bones or something. Yeah, those, yeah, those bones he cut off have a lot of meat on them. Those are like yeah. those are what you would get. Like if you ordered lamb ribs at a restaurant, they would have that same sort of like this like a pork rib, that same kind of meat on it. And I think that Pablo was just being I don't he know, was honorary. A little. He yeah. might be a little skulky. So I get okay. So yeah, let's so let's 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 jump uh, cut to the end of this. I guess so. Um, the red team wins with David's. Uh, let's call it thrifty lamb. Um, Adrian's slaw, Sarah's chow chow, and Kevin's banana corn dog that mystified oh, and so delighted good. people. And I would love to have one of those alongside a banana scallop from back in the day. I think we'd have a, a day of fun, weird banana dishes. Well, I was I was surprised and honestly disgusted that both teams came up with peanut butter mayonnaise. Both teams did oh, yeah. Was Wait, that on both teams that? or was it on one? And then they mixed it up at judges' table was maybe what happened. Oh. They mentioned it on Eric's banana dish. But I thought it was. But then they the talked other, about it yeah. with the banana corn dog. And like. Who had the banana mayonnaise? And get it away from me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm up, I'm up for it. Was, LA is firmly anti-mayonnaise. So oh, I'm so into mayonnaise. Is it, was it. Was it peanuts in mayonnaise, or did he use like a peanut oil to make the mayonnaise? This is the question. This is the question. Well, I, I we think all he have. ground up peanuts and mixed it with mayonnaise. Because Padma was saying it was almost like that Thai peanut sauce. Oh yeah, yeah. Hmm. I mean, that sounds all right to me. But I guess we were the ones who were accepting of, of fish gravy, so I don't know if. Our... I think that Eric's was actually wrapped in peanuts. Hey, I, I, something else too. Like both of these dishes were are, were almost reminiscent to me of Elvis's favorite, you know, banana fried. Yeah, banana peanut butter mayonnaise sandwiches. So I mean, to me, I these these all seem pretty awesome. Both of yeah. them. I'm super. I love into bananas this. and I love peanut butter. I, I also just... really love a judge's table where they're like, I don't understand this. It was delicious. <laughs> Why did you do it? What's going on in your home life? Do you need to talk? This is so tasty. Like they were just so blown away and also upset. It was great. I also really wanted to eat Nini's spoon bread. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. the haunting, haunting specter of spoon bread. Ooh, yeah. it's a spoon bread. <laughs> <laughs> Megan, do you have a, a mailbag about spoon bread? I do, yeah. At uh, uh, 2A on Twitter uh, said she loves uh, Nini and her haunting spoon bread. And then uh, Jane asked, uh, what would you like to have described as haunting by a celebrity um, within the relevant industry? <laughs> Oh wow! I I love this because I haunting is such an odd compliment. Not always a good thing. Um, I would say ninety percent bad. Uh, but the fact that she meant it as a really really good thing is really interesting. Um, do you guys have a thing you'd like to be called haunting, and by which celebrity? Oh no! 
This is hard. It is hard. I'll tell you the one. I, the only one I thought of was I'd love to like accidentally parallel park in front of uh, uh, Fast and Furious's Dwayne the Rock Johnson and have him be like, "Ooh, hauntingly good parking job." That's what I'd like. <laughs> Just like real fast, and then he's like, "I'm gonna wow. think about that parking job later." That's what I want. I'm not good at that. That's just a thing I would like to accidentally do in front of somebody really well. Yeah, that would feel great. I can't park even not parallel, so I would love to do that too. Uh, I'm going to stay suspiciously silent on that point. (laughs) Uh... Yeah, and you guys live on a very busy street. Um, any, does anybody, what, like, how do you guys feel about? I guess if you don't have a riff for that, what's your theory on what the thing on being haunting? Is did that? Is that? A, would you take that as a full compliment? Is that a weird compliment? Yeah. Oh yeah. So she's In gonna keep thinking about sure. it forever mm-hmm. at night. You know. <laughs> yeah, it's a thing. Like she wakes up in the middle of the night. She's like, "What was I thinking of?" And then she just tastes that etouffee sauce on her tongue. It's it's the specter of that lingers mm. <laughs> it's like that spoon song the ghost of you lingers just like that but with spoon bread yes, yes. spoon bread the band <laughs> there's a band named bread isn't there i'm gonna stop okay yes <laughs> <laughs> uh and then anyway but then the black team as we uh, have definitely talked about did not win um especially notably bad were pablo's unseasoned stew meats and natalie's uh non-lemon non-cooked uh curd pie um and then natalie is eliminated so i guess this this is the lamb gate this is the money oh and we can't forget brandon's atrocious biscuits oh yeah. or dumplings uh dumplings yeah 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 yeah. oh yeah yeah brandon's atrocious yeah, dumplings we call them an atrocity. an atrocity i mean like that is <laughs> that's, that's a lot that's and like the anti-haunting. That was her measured description of those dumplings. She had a minute to think, interpret how she felt, and said, I still think these are an atrocity. <laughs> uh, but, like, how could... I mean, that means that bland pie is worse than an atrocity of dumplings? Well, actually, I, so I am someone who struggles a lot to make biscuits and dumplings and jim i firmly believe you are biscuit king so do you know what might have gone wrong with his dough what would make it into an atrocity it looked like they were seriously overworked like he might have had a decent recipe for biscuits but when you saw him like it looked like they were you could just look at the dough and tell that they're not going to make like a light fluffy biscuit because Mm. you could see how dense it looked on the screen and then he had rolled them out really thin and you can make really thin biscuits good but you really can't work them that hard. And I think that that's probably what happened. The other thing is that Southern, Southern dumplings are, they they tend to be really wet and they do tend to be rolled really thin, but you make them into almost like pasta is probably the right way to do them. Mm. Now, the the farther you go North, the more they are like drop, like pieces of drop biscuit, instead of dropping them on the pan, you drop them in the water and that can be a good result too. But if your dough is overworked with the start, it's not going to, it's not going to work right. It's going to be, hmm. you could just tell, I mean, I, looking at the screen, I could just tell that those weren't going to look right yeah. because they looked seriously overworked and too dry. Oh. Yeah. If only Adrian had been like, can I be honest with you? I think you've overworked that dough. <laughs> you should make them into fettuccine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, so anyway, so Natalie ends up getting the, 
getting the uh, the cut for just not being lemony enough, and also raw dough. So I guess here here's the, this is the main question. I think this is the central thesis of this episode: is did Eddie's lamb, which turned out amazing apparently for those uh, uh, amuses of lamb he made, were apparently really delicious, um, and at seventy dollars per bite they should be. Um, but he, they were pretty good. But sh- sh- did that cause Pablo and Natalie and Brandon to be in the bottom and eventually for Natalie to go home? Was that, was this Eddie Money's fault? Well, Natalie also lent out or um, gave a number of her lemons to others on her team. Yeah, she was, she was, uh, she was take a bag of lemons was taken away from her and then she also donated her lemons to everyone else's acidicness. So I would say that definitely the lemony part of her dish um, not being lemony enough was a result of just not enough money for everybody else, for sure. Yeah, Um, But I think the reason, I think what may have like side by side separated was them or her from Brandon and, uh, oh, I'm blanking. Pablo? Pablo. Was it, she had enough money to make the crust and the crust was wrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah. that was that was sort of the uh, a classic Top Chef problem of the you know conditions just not being right to cook that dish because it was so hot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it seemed like a combination of things. I can't. I, I mean, it's hard for me to say. I feel like I can't fully put the the blame on the the lamb costs because it definitely didn't help at all. But then I feel like. I would hope there would be ways to still adjust things where you can come up with something better than those bottom dishes were still, even within the restraints that you have, you know? Yeah, like, like, even if he gave them a handicap, they still didn't yeah. adjust to the situation. What about for Pablo? Because aren't herbs and spices pretty key for building no. flavor, like he said? Right. I mean, I don't know. That's the one. That I, feel, I think that's the one that really ours. suffered for that for the lamb. Interesting. I feel pas. like that one I felt less bad about because under seasoned like is not just herbs and spices he also just didn't put enough salt in that stew and tom i think tom was kind of it's i believe it was tom was like kind of angry that he tried to do that stew in that amount of time that it just was never going to develop a lot of flavor even if you did have a bunch of herbs in there i i was ready to be met i was ready to blame all of this on eddie and then the judges table at least the way the elves edited it up made it seem like they both had or all three of them i guess brandon was not really related to the land but they all had independent enough problems that even if the lamb was a problem it didn't affect the dough and it didn't affect pablo not putting in salt or not being able to make stew in enough time i don't know jim was was that your read on the uh how they handled the situation yeah that's exactly what i thought too and you know and it did seem like both natalie was confident in her dish she said it wasn't the dish that she wanted but she still thought it was good and you even hear eric saying that the you know while they're waiting in the stew room that he oh, thought yeah. the flavor was on point was oh um, man that is always I, so freaky when they have a separate conversation where they talk about how great something is cut next to the judges being like this tastes bad oh, yeah so sad. I, I also think too that everyone else was so ready to blame eddie like i think that if they had just like taken all of their ingredients and put them on the table and said okay we know that we screwed up spending who needs what to make their dish work? Like, I bet that they could have come up with a better solution where they people weren't feeling like they were left out. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. If they did a little bit of planning, too, they wouldn't have had people grabbing her lemons in the moment. They would have been like, hey, let's have another acid plan because the lemons are busy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It was just a, a perfect, like, combination of, of things going wrong. Yeah. yeah. 
And then the corn being dropped too. Oh, I the corn. Oh, so yeah. bad. But then that just turned yeah, out. And they really thought well. that was. Yeah, the contestants, they got in this sort of negative headspace where they felt like everything was going wrong. But, I mean, the judges didn't think that extra corn was necessary for that hoe cake and bacon. Yeah, I don't remember work, a discussion right? of how the corn was lacking. No, yeah. they said it was delicious. Yeah, yeah they loved it. They but, liked that dish. But I felt I felt really bad for Eddie, honestly. You know, I know he was, they were trying to give him the villain edit a little bit. But his face was just so sad every yeah. time they brought it up, which was pretty much the entire time. So Yeah, I feel like I, they actually gave him just the like Catholic guilt edit. Yeah, it was the guilt edit for sure. And that got me. So yeah, me I was too. hoping that it truly didn't affect the the losing dishes because I didn't want him to carry that with him because it looked like he didn't need it. <laughs> well, and if we can talk a little bit about this, the, there's a specter over this a little bit, which I, uh, which is Nick, um, uh, mm. which, which is Eddie's, uh, Eddie's mentor, Eddie's boss. Um, and one of the things that would have made me much less irritated with the way things happen with Nick is if he had had even a momentary, uh, s- screen shot of uh, empathy and Eddie played this, entirely empathetically in a way that made it hard to like he felt like he messed up and you can mess up man i mess up shopping all the time and i have the same policy once you've babooped it i have to buy it i'm not ever taking anything off the the, because i'm too embarrassed so like i get it he messed up and he felt bad i feel like that's not that's not the end of the world for him uh whereas nick just seemed like one of the one of the reasons we're so mad at him is he never seemed like this mattered to him at all agree disagree Hmm. Megan's trying not to say anything bad about anybody because Bravo's listening. <laughs> I haven't thought about Nick until he showed up in the background of that first picture. Like, yeah. Nick's one of those chef, like... I can't remember him, yeah. if I'm being perfectly frank. That's why we I'm We were so quiet, upset cause... when it happened. That's all I remember cool. America's favorite top chef. <laughs> I, I'm just like, you know what I thought I his performance anything. was? Haunting. <laughs> <laughs> So he was the one where he was on a three-person team late in a season, mm-hmm. and he... Got a, they got immunity when there were like five, so like six people left. Yeah, so it was mm. sort of a structural problem where um, they had sort of allowed people to have immunity, what we f- we felt was way too late into the season. Objectively way too late in the season. And so he he cooked an awful dish. The other two people on his team cooked really great dishes, but he couldn't go oh. home because he had immunity. And then right. he went on to win the season. Yes, thank you. This is this is coming back to me now. I honestly feel like that space in my brain was taken up entirely with uh, Padma's opening credits outfit from Colorado last season, <laughs> which is my most haunting Top Chef memory. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Um, that's probably healthier for you, actually, in the long run. Um, it's very soothing. But the, the, like, Nick didn't seem to feel bad about all of this, and I actually was. I thought for a second. Well, first of all, I got him confused. Uh, Eddie confused uh, with um, what's his face? Who who got? Who was up for immunity? Um, who, who's the other guy who got? David is Eddie. David. David. Yeah, David. Jersey David. I who keep confusing Eddie and didn't David. Didn't realize he's. He he didn't realize he's from Tom's hometown. Yeah. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Oh that was funny. He's like, I want to be the best <laughs> chef from Tom's hometown. Oh wait. Um, so yeah. Anyway, I I thought there was for a moment there was going to be this perfect symmetry to this show where Eddie, who works under Nick, was going to have immunity and ruin everybody's lives, and then was going to take himself out 
to do the honorable thing that Nick never did. I thought there was going to be this incredible like five season arc of the the house Nick, and it did not end up happening, and it turned out fine. But there was a moment where I thought for sure that's what they were setting us up for. Hmm. That, that would have been amazing. <laughs> that's like some WWE yeah. heel. Yeah, man, uh, that would be something. Um, I also, it's also funny because on this show we've talked so much about how wonderful Lemon is that for the for the humble Lemon to have been the focus of so much strife this episode was uh, particularly poignant for us. I think. Um, yeah. Well, not compared to you, Jim, but for us it was like still relevant. <laughs> um, uh, do we have any, before we get to uh, No Chance Kitchen, Megan? Do you have anything else from the mailbag on on the elimination? How about on the elimination? Oh, yeah, can talk I say I don't like the new mailbag as much? What? Yeah, I kind of missed the big the ring a ding, whatever the you know the. <laughs> oh right! I, oh, so, okay. I was gonna say because Chris and Tanya were so into it, and I forgot it's because they hated the old one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Well, uh, anyway, Megan, yeah. So let's let's see what the the listeners are saying about Lambgate from the. Mailbag, a ding ding ding. Yeah. Uh, sure. So yeah, so uh, the the listeners, most of them, really sort of did draw that parallel between uh, Nick from however many seasons ago, and uh, um, I believe that was season eleven. Our first mm-hmm. ever season ended on in tragedy, so five years ago. Uh, so <clears throat> Katie Lucy uh, on Twitter says, uh, "Getting a real Nick vibe from Eddie." Yeah. Which is um, fair. They're friends. Uh, Danielle says, uh, uh, at least he had the decency to feel bad about it. Yeah. Um, 100%. And uh, at 2A on Twitter says, um, holy lambgate, this episode was awesome. <laughs> on one hand, Eddie Money is so awkward, I kind of want to protect him. On the other, he's going full Nicholas Elmy and letting others pay for his mistakes. Yeah. I, just about the other thing, do you guys, I feel like I could never be mad at somebody who feels bad. That's like, if you want to instantly disable my ability to be angry, seem like you are upset by it also. Can I tuck that away for later, Alex? <laughs> <laughs> Good plan. Yeah, I mean, if somebody is like genuinely sorry how, and you're mad at them, I feel like you're the problem. <laughs> so, oh, Alex, set your pants on fire. Really, God, I just uh, such, shouldn't have done it, my man. My fault for wearing flesh-colored pants around you. <laughs> um, uh, Jane says, uh, everything adjacent to Nicholas Elmy is cursed. <laughs> oh. uh, now, this is a theory I like. <laughs> Let's bring the supernatural back into this season. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man, remember last year's ghost episode? Maybe there'll be, maybe there's something. Oh some, my god, something supernatural again. <laughs> haunting. Yeah, something haunting. Yeah. Uh, and Brian on Twitter says, "I I can't believe Eddie bought all the lamb and put a teeny tiny piece on everybody's plate. My wife and I couldn't stop laughing." I'm so glad we're not the only ones who burst out laughing. I, when we yeah, saw the I, I really like that one because the same thing happened to Alex and I. We were we were oh, laughing pretty hard when we oh, saw yeah, those plates. Oh yeah, we paused the episode so Kyle could do math on the <laughs> <laughs> they were spending per bite. Yeah. All right, 14 racks. Each rack has at least five. Five times 14, <laughs> 70 lamb chops. <laughs> Man, it was so embarrassingly small. Um, oh, did you have actually one other thing from, from the mailbag that we should talk about, which we probably should have opened with, but uh, 
uh, C-Dub wrote in, did not approve of our pronunciation. I, yeah, I think uh, CW was trying to be helpful to us because yeah, yeah. Uh, last week, uh, I, well, I'm, I'm both from the West Coast and I'm, I'm challenged with pronunciation anyway. So CW wrote in with some help. Uh, so let's see. I'll try to get it right. Louisville Ian. Louisvillian. Louisville. Louisville. Well, so it's important. It was important to them that we say Louisville and not Louis. Uh, that was really up- uh, upsetting. Was that we were saying Louisville and not Louisville? So you got to put it way down there. It's got to be more deep thro- uh, deep in your throat. Sorry, mm. uh, Jim. Is that how do you say Louisville? Louisville. Yeah. Is that uh, better? That sounds right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think is it's this Louisvillian, right? Yeah, Louisvillian. Or just villain, I think is how we should continue to say it. Do you... It, so it, this, sometimes when you pronounce the thing the way the locals pronounce it, if you pronounce it the way locals pronounce it, sometimes you sound like you're uh, trying to be respectful and sometimes it sounds like you're trying too hard. Like when we were doing New Orleans, if we said like Nolens, it sounded like we were lame. But when People in New from, Orleans don't say it like that either, though. Oh, okay. Well, I, then that's you, part you of it. I think that um, Giada De Laurentiis is the best example of this I can think of. Is like, like whenever she's on TV, she wants people to over enunciate Italian words, but there is no way I would ever say mozzarella the way that she would want me to, sure, just because sure, yeah. I, I would oh, yeah. feel like a total moron, yeah. you know. And I always uh, feel like I've come back from study abroad and I'm like showing up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you say cheers when someone holds the door for you. I'm impressed. I say Barcelona. Yeah, Barcelona. yeah, exactly. That that Barcelona's a good one where it's like I respect that that is how people might say it there and if I say it it sounds silly. Um whereas on the flip side like I grew up in Nevada and when people say Nevada, I feel like they just don't care about us. And I feel <laughs> oh, disrespected. Okay. <laughs> Have we talked about Oregon yet? Sorry. Yeah, for example, no, Oregon yeah. Is Oregon funny, I think. Uh, does also irritate people here. Um, oh, also, a, we have a street that's Missouri spelled... is another good one. What is? Oh, sorry, Missouri. Oh, like Mis- some people say, like I think it depends on what part of the state you're from. But some people say Missouri, and some people say Missouri. I think there's a, it's a, geographically dependent on where you're from. Yeah, I, misery so, maybe. <laughs> misery, sure. Uh, so, uh, boys, people in Boise say Boise with more of an S sound. Yeah. Um, although it would be dorky if you said Le Bois, which is probably how it was originally oh, yeah. pronounced. Was <laughs> um, anyway. Um, Yes, says. Oh, I was just gonna. I, I, I ducked out for a second. I wanted to share. I think this might have been my first cooking moment with Caleb. Kind of uh, that, like there was just like some clunking in the kitchen. I didn't really know what it was, and so he had like a stool and had his headphones on and was holding an iPad and was trying to get a uh, a, a, a bun uh, of bread from the fridge, which is not where we keep them. Uh-huh. But I liked that he just like he. I don't know how long this is gonna be, so I better have entertainment along with. So I was, maybe this is like <laughs> a formative. Oh. Uh, yeah, a formative moment for him, maybe, where it's like it's emerging of technology and, and, and food, and that's like how Aww. things are going to be in the future, where you're never going to cook without like an iPad yeah. and a stool. Yeah, man, your iPad is going to have so much food on it. It's going to be gross. <laughs> um, let's jump in now to, uh, it's time for our discussion of the uh, bonus episode, No Chance Kitchen. Everybody, uh, so after after being eliminated for her lemon pie, Natalie joins the uh the veterans uh, and they all have to cook with one lemon everybody gets a lemon one exact lemon carrie bags her second win when tom eats her garnish on accident and loves it <laughs> brother repeats his uh, second place and in the greatest televised tragedy since the ending of maps the people's hero chef jim is eliminated 
thus undermining my booking of you this episode and also uh more importantly of your shot at the title this year you'll have to come back next year for all stars uh sorry jim we were rooting for you you were my pick for the whole thing i i appreciate it you know what i it it is really it's it i don't know it's sad you know like i think part of it is just that and i think i may have said this in some of the exit you know stuff you saw on tv is that like i i know that i have more you know what i mean like and i do like i I could envision Padma crowning me top chef. Like those are things that, you know, I have aspired to and I've dreamed of. And, you know, it just kind of, it, 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 it hurts when you make a really good dish that doesn't get, doesn't get you there. And, and for me, like, I think that I did more with the lemon than anybody else by a long shot. And, you know, I was hoping to get some kudos for that, but it really wasn't. No one ate a whole slice of lemon uh, on accident with you. Uh, I want to know how did the burnt pith turn out? Yeah, I was super. Oh yeah, they about never that. came back to the burnt pith. Uh, the burnt the burnt pith vinaigrette was awesome. It was really good. Um, and I will tell you that um, I made this quick preserved lemon, which was so good. And the only criticism after the after it was all over from Tom was that it would have been good if the preserved lemon had been on top of the salmon. Which it was, um, and yeah. the thing was is that if you if you look at the pictures, uh, and I even I posted a picture on my Instagram, like you can literally see the 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 preserved lemon right on top of the salmon. But I think what happened was when Tom picked it up, he knocked it off to the side of the plate. And so you can see me saying in the episode, "Hey, make sure you try the preserved lemon. I think it's really good." Um, but I think, you know, obviously I should have made sure it was better stuck to the salmon, I guess, in some way. I could have chopped it <laughs> yeah, up for a sign and like mashed it Failure of adhesive. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, Tom was I, going know. rogue. Yeah. That's yeah. the weird thing about Last Chance Kitchen is like it seems like another component of Last Chance Kitchen and only that is making sure Tom eats it right. <laughs> yeah. Making sure Tom eats the, the lemon that's on there to be eaten whole and doesn't eat the garnish. I, well, that's my that was my question for you was that are you allowed to tell him how to eat it? Because Carrie kept her mouth shut while he ate the garnish and then it turned out great. But did she know that or was, it, was she just not allowed to say anything? Look, I think there she could have said something, but I think that in lots of, in, especially in previous seasons, you hear judges say, if you have to be instructed on how to eat it, you're doing it wrong. Uh, and I, so I think that there's a worry that you don't want to say, oh, you need to eat it this way because it's it's like putting hot sauce on the side or something. Like you don't want the judges to have to like work the dish for you to make it eat the right way. And yeah. so I think that you, if you say eat it this way, they might be offended that you are wanted, you know, telling them how to mm. put the food on their fork. You oh, know? that makes sense. Mm. So, okay, so so next time I think it was just it basically was a failure of a lack of lemon glue and lemon duct tape that would hold the whole <laughs> sure. thing together and make it. Just, <laughs> this is the one lemon bite. I, yeah, yeah you, 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 you said you use the lemon in all the different ways. Use one of them to make a preserve adhesive. <laughs> <laughs> um. So does how does it feel? I don't want to make you spend too much time thinking about this because I know this has been hard. But um, since you didn't tape this yesterday does it feel like you had to go through this all over again when it aired because you already had some time to process it but i'm sure it feels like it's just been reopened now i yeah a little bit i mean it's definitely something to 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 think about and to reminisce on and you know i i think that you know when you get invited to last chance kitchen as a vet that 
it is really hard to make it through all of those quick fire rounds. Like those oh, quick yeah. fire rounds really aren't the way in which you showcase your ability the best. I mean, some people are really right. good at it, like brother in last season winning all those 15 episodes. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it's not like you have to strictly follow their parameters. It's not like do your take on Southern food. Mm-hmm. But for right. me, this challenge was like one of those cool challenges. Take one lemon and do whatever you want with it. You just get one lemon and it has to be the star. Like yeah. I, I love those types of challenges you know, so it, it's the, you, I think you have to approach Last Chance Kitchen the right the right way, and you know I, I it's diff, it's difficult to rewatch for sure, but at the same time, it did feel like a little bit redemption from of redemption from having such a bad first round. So yeah. I mean, I felt better about yeah. it in um, a lot of ways. We have we've previously had so many questions about how Last Chance is filmed, and I don't know what you're allowed to tell us or not. But um, was this all was this done as people were actually eliminated or was it all done like in a few days before the finals, if you're allowed to say? I, you know, um, it is Last Chance Kitchen is filmed concurrently with the season, but it it's not like it's not like a one by one shot. So, I mean, right, yeah, yeah. I think like, that's probably about about as far as I can say. Um, yeah, that, but, that, well, the concurrent is the, is the main thing I wonder about. Cause some, there was that one episode where there was like a note in the kitchen from Tom that was like, or there's a note from Tom that was like, meet me in the kitchen. I can't remember the chef. This was a couple years ago. And she just wandered around the kitchen of the house instead of going to the kitchen where they were filming. Do you remember this? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's funny. It was yeah, so funny. Was that? Uh, and that made me think that it was concurrent because I, before then it seemed like they did last chance kitchen, like all in two days, right before they shot the finals. And so it just seemed exhausting for people involved. Um, so my other big question that we've talked about before, Jim is, uh, how is the stool life? Like without spoiling anything, just the general idea is, is it fun to hang out on the stools with the other people who've been eliminated from last chance kitchen? Is it a raucous party atmosphere over there? Or is this, do you like, want more back support? Yeah. Or you're just like <laughs> frustratingly lack of back support. The stool, the stools are okay, and I mean, I guess that's going to be another sort of redeeming quality of Last Chance Kitchen is that uh, even though I won't be cooking, you, you will see me on the stools for a little bit longer. Um, Good. And you know, so I, for me, it was just kind of like, okay, I got to make you're thinking like, okay, I got to make sure I say something cool, or should I try to be funny, or <laughs> this is the time oh, I get to pressure. talk to Tom, you know? <laughs> um, and so, I, it, it, like anything else, it's all about how you approach it. And is Tom, this is also our impression is that Tom is more unbuttoned or bu- what's the way to say this in Last Chance Kitchen? He's just more yeah, like himself. Lets his hair down kind of thing. Yes, less buttoned down is what I mean to say, not unbuttoned. He lets his metaphorical hair down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Uh, yeah, he, he's definitely more laid back. And I think that unlike in other situations where you really don't want to lose time by talking to Tom in Last Chance Kitchen, it's really your opportunity to... to you know, to spitball with them and to talk about stuff. I remember at one point we were talking about fishing. I'm sure that that won't ever make it on, on the, onto the show, but oh, you know, there were some, there were some, there were some cool things to, to talk about and you get the opportunity, which really in other instances, you're so separated from them that you never really get to see them. Like you're not like when you're, when you're quote unquote backstage, you know, you're in two different areas. And so the only interaction you get with them are while the cameras are rolling. I mean, that's in part to make sure that the cameras don't miss anything but it's also, you know, just to keep that division between the competitors and the host. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it, it, it is sort of like a, a not fourth wall that's broken there when you get to talk to Tom. I mean, the cameras are still going, but it, it, it was fun. Like a, 
That does seem like it seems like the most where you're just like hanging with with Papa Tom. It's good. Um, I mean, it's 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 good. Yeah. Um. We gotta wrap. I I I guess. Uh. I, it's weird to do predictions when you're here, so we're gonna skip the prediction round for this yeah, week. Y'all can do predictions. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm gonna stay out of them. Like I tried my best not. Well, okay. Uh, y'all can do predictions, and uh, I will stay. <laughs> out of them. I think I I I might hang off on predictions. Although I I my you know my new my new favorite is Carrie wins it all. Um, and I feel like it's, it's just difficult to, it's difficult to bet against the veterans in this challenge. And that's so weird because it's a parallel show that like, it also feels sad if veterans come back in and win after the uh, new chefs have done all of this work on the flagship show. But I also just want Carrie to win every week. Uh, LA, do you guys have any predictions? Yo. Um, my prediction is the same as always. Padma's gonna take it. Um, uh, Kyle, do you have a uh, for you, girl? Do you have a uh, uh, paranormal prediction? Oh, Ooh. oh. Uh, I think there's gonna be. I don't. It's not a paranormal prediction, but I think there's gonna be some real shenanigans with that garden, where like somehow yes. in three yeah. weeks it's gonna be overflowing. No, actually, Ooh, what the hell is up with that garden? <laughs> yeah, that's oh. That's exactly what Kyle was calling it yesterday, yeah, and I was like, Ezra will like that. Yes, <laughs> do oh, check off anything. I love it. That's brilliant. Yes, I forgot about the garden. So yeah, so Tom has leaves a note that's like, "Hey, I gave you guys a gardening plot outside," and then they all plant some plants, and it is a little weird because plants take time to grow. Time. Uh, yeah. So the garden, I'm and so- also it's the middle of summer, so like Those they're definitely behind behind the yeah. The times. I was thinking there'd be some good movie magic where like they would plant all these seeds and they would come back the next morning and there was just a full garden of whatever they planted where they Whoa. just like they just dug up the ground and dropped watermelons there or whatever else like also, or like a really like, tall beanstalk. Oh my! Yeah, it's a magic beanstalk <laughs> situation with the giants the and the harp. Magic beans. Uh, but I also didn't know if it was a mandatory garden yeah. or like a fun team bonding garden. Yeah, do not know. Hmm. So much to think about there. Um, before we go, I want to do one real quick thing. Actually, Sam, wait, wait, can I do yeah, one prediction? Prediction, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, so Sarah, Sarah's still with with uh, with Maya. So, mm-hmm. I guess the, the the side prediction will be this recording will be diff- more and more difficult as the weeks go on. <laughs> um, the um, we will not resolve the kid issues. Uh, but, but I guess my 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 sincere hope is that everyone sees what is what happens when they don't have enough money to shop for seasoning, and they just always liberally season themselves before every challenge in the hope that they, they can like go to like say like their pinky finger for cumin or you know or like just like you know dip like their thumb in wait, wait, for like you know, some extra vanilla well garden. you know just they're, 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 they're spicing up back of the house before any quick fire starts um and jim if you come back you know, and if sip increases I, I really want you just like to hide hide lemons in places like just you know like tucked just under an elbow or something like that because they can't stop you yeah <laughs> Uh, I think that's a great. Those are great predictions. Uh, really, really quick before we close, I just wanted to do. Uh, this is, uh, involves the mailbag, but also yeah. I just want to do a quick round of uh, what else is on. So last week we mentioned in our off off time uh, some recommendations and or disrecommendations, and I just want to say, uh, Kyle and Sarah, we watched the first episode of Million Pound Menu and. Oh my god, Wasn't we love it. it. It's so oh, yeah. like it's a bizarro world so where strange. we thought we understood like what they were doing wrong and like we didn't think those two like 20 somethings were going to no, get anything and they got so much money. They got a million dollars. 
million pounds. pounds. So that's like 1.8 million American dollars. Yeah. Even better. It's crazy. Um, and it also the it? best part. What is? Uh-oh. Oh, no, no. That was Jim. Oh, right, keep oh going. Jim. Let's go, Jim. Jim, what's up? Uh, hey, Lords and Ladles. Like, seriously, oh. I, I yes. watched every episode from what y'all's recommendation <laughs> last week, and oh, it was nice. so good. Isn't it delightful? <laughs> Dairy. So I'm so into it. I can't wait. <sighs> We're good. That's definitely on our list. My favorite thing about, really quick, just to end on Million Pound is that they, uh, when they decide if they get the investment they just have to sit alone in a dark restaurant for an hour waiting for the money to show up or not with that host who doesn't seem fun <laughs> so no offense, weird. sir that he was so intense he's so strange he's like has a big clock set up in front of their faces and is like are you feeling tense right now <laughs> i don't like that why they just like sort of ghost them if you yeah, know, yeah like that, that you don't even send a text that's like nah man we're good yeah like after all that you're not gonna say send a polite note saying you know it's thanks just for not free lunch fit. yeah <laughs> um what, what do we have uh also from listener feedback on this note oh um yeah tom wrote to us oh uh, hey tom big fan tom. <laughs> uh, tom. yeah he's uh he's watched final tape Final table oh, on yes. our recommendation. On Megan's recommendation and my disrecommendation. Billy's <laughs> <laughs> recommendation too. Yeah. He says utterly, that was a big Thanksgiving hit. Yeah. <laughs> utterly ha- lacking in humor. Yes. Uh, but the chefs are crazy good. Yeah. the The level of talent on that show is is incredible. Um, that's the thing that Did I want to check out. I want to ride uh, that elevator table around personally. <laughs> yes, that seems fun. My actually one thing that I love this, it reminded me things I love about Top Chef, and one thing I love about Top Chef is that the judges table for the eating of the food, they have a meal. They get together, they look at each other, they drink wine, they hang out. And in Final Table, the bite that is going to be judged is the judge alone at a huge blank table, just like like the critic in uh, Ratatouille, just angrily eating a bite and analyzing every flavor. I love that in Top Chef, they're dining. That's such a... Mm. Some of them didn't seem angry on Final Table. Oh. You're, you're bringing a lot a, to A this. few of them look... They just looked intense, but like... <laughs> I still just like the dining experience that Top Chef does for the judges. I think that's really delightful. And it is an wow. important part of the food experience that you are eating it at a, with a group of people having fun. Jim, have you uh, have you received numerous phone calls from every other food show looking for talent? Or are you a Top um, Chef purist? No, I am a little bit of a Top Chef purist, but I would do... the prob- One problem is, is that like people's, people will hear... like if Some people I work with say, oh, you should go do Chop. But the problem is it's like... I could only do chopped all stars, right? And so that's a weird mm-hmm. thing for mm-hmm. filming. Um, but you know, I would love to do. I would do Iron Chef, even though I really don't like that new format. But um, I, you know, yeah. I would. I would do it. I, the final table, I think, even though it seems really indulgent, and I felt a little bit misled by the advertisements of it. You know, I would do it for sure. I mean, but it's. I don't know. Oh, I, who would you pick as your teammate? See, I, I have no idea. Oh, that's the thing to, that I, I love about that show is that they have these yeah. incredible teammates from other countries and yeah so that's maybe think about that that'll be a fun thing for later yeah and you know um, I mean any show that has Grant Ackett's on it you've got to you know it's mm. yeah. it doesn't really it doesn't get any better as far as American cuisine than him um, but you know I wish he was more in it you know yeah, no. that's how mm-hmm. I felt with all of them. Yeah. yeah. Yes. All right. Well, so we got we got to wrap. If you guys have other show recommendations or just recommendations, or if you have any other questions or comments or feedback, we love getting them in Megan's mailbag. Uh, you can send us uh, mailbag at packyourmics.com. You can send it on Twitter at packyourmics, facebook.com slash packyourmics, and of course on our on the web, packyourmics.com. 
Am- Ooh, can I can I make a call for specific kinds of things I want uh, recommendations I want on? Yes. Okay, so post marathon, like Sarah and I were like looking for like what's the next challenge we could do? Um, one that like doesn't take getting me- pregnant as. It's sort nope. of like working a long shift, but <laughs> not no pass. Okay. Um, all, all things about more babies pass. Oh, sure. um, have enough. Um, but no. Uh, so the, the kind of the, I feel like the, the counterbalance to like running a lot on your own would be cooking and eating a lot together. Mm. Um, and so we're I think going to dive into specifically uh, French culture, cuisine, and language. Um, so mm. if anyone has any favorite, um, I guess books about france uh shows from france foods from france uh any kind of things where it's like hey this is like the the marathon equivalent of french cuisine that if you master this this is like a good thing uh julie and well, julia and tra- ezra there is top chef france. <laughs> uh oh i might check out top, <gasps> chef, top france. chef france yeah I've watched I've watched watch. it's, it's pretty good it's if you don't speak french it's kind of hard to follow but it's, <laughs> it's, it's, All right, so it's it's, so it's I'll good. work on my language first. Yeah. Um, um, I, yeah I'm going to recommend real quick uh, French fries. Delicious. Okay. Uh, I believe they're Belgian. Okay. Still sure, good. Sure. Fr- French toast then. Also delicious. <laughs> okay. Yes. Pan Very good. French kissing. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's not foods if you're doing it but in it most ways. But okay. <laughs> All right. Um, that's, that's great. Yeah. Send Thank those you. recommendations into the mailbag as well. And that is going to be a wrap for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back next week talking about episode three. Uh, thanks for being here and talking with us as and sometimes Sarah and sometimes Maya. Yep. 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 It's <laughs> <laughs> the best I could do. It, it's, on short notice. it's like the longer you've been together, the more you sound like each other. Um, and Ugh. thanks for joining us. Uh, uh, new Sarah and Kyle. Thank you so much. It's great to be back. Thanks for having us. So much fun. Um, what timing? Uh, I believe we have lost Jim for the goodbye. Oh, uh, no. Man. Uh, well, okay. Let me see if I can do this real quick. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I think I have a really good Jim impression also. <laughs> Is it going to sound the same? Is it your Sean Connery? Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Ez. No, it was just going to sound like mine. No, it was going to sound like mine, Sarah. All right, that's fair. <laughs> well, uh, Chef Jim Smith. That's my one impression. ChefJimSmith.com is his website uh, where you can see all the other stuff that he has been up to. And you can follow him on all the social medias on Instagram, Chef Jim Smith maybe, with maybe, underscores, and on Twitter, maybe, at Chef Jim Smith. Maybe we p- pick like a show that you want him on and then start. we can start like a lobby for yeah, that. Yeah, start lobbying for him on any TV show. I'd watch it. Any of uh, Anything. I'm into it. Yeah, I'd, I'd watch him on... Uh, Ozark Top gear. Yeah, Ozark. <laughs> <laughs> Ozark I would not wish on him. Um anyway, I really appreciate you being here, Jim. And thanks for uh spying on us. Bravo, NBC Universal PR department. Um Chris and Tanya, by the way, were traveling for the holidays and couldn't be with us today. And so in absentia, Chris, pack your mics and go. Oh, Jim, there you are. We yeah, we just hey. did all of your plugs. Uh, uh yeah. Hey, thank you. I look uh for all those people who are out there listening, if you don't follow me on social media, please do. I'm very easy to find. It's uh yep. Chef Jim Smith. Uh all that kind of stuff is uh important to people who are trying to get ahead in the world of cooking. And mm-hmm. uh, thanks thanks for having me on. I, I I'm pretty lucky that I made it through the whole podcast without getting disconnected, I guess. But uh yes, what, what timing. There, um uh, which is good. Yeah, yeah, that, that actually worked out really well. And also, I, we just can't thank you enough for being on the show. You're a delight. And also, it really does change the tone of the show when somebody knows something. 
<laughs> uh, I've never done that before with a podcast. It's really interesting. I was like fascinated the whole time uh, by like what could be accomplished when you have people who know things. We enjoy talking about their outfits and speculating on things we don't know, but uh, this has been really fun and educational. Well, hey, it's been a pleasure to be on. And if y'all want me back on later in the season, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm here for you. Certainly will. Absolutely. We certainly will. Thank All right. So much. Bye, everybody. It's great talking to you. We, uh, we will see you next week. Bye. 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 Thank you so much for listening to Pack Your Mics. We will be back again next week with another episode. In the meantime, whenever you're shopping on Amazon, remember to go to packyourmics.com slash Amazon. And a portion of everything you buy is donated back to our show. It's the easiest way to support us. It costs you zero things. Packyourmics.com slash Amazon. And we really appreciate you supporting our show.